think it was Sir Isaac Newton. It might have been Blaise Pascal. I, I can't remember for sure. But said one of the most interesting things, said a little bit of science pulls a man away from God. A lot of science brings him running back. The idea that a little bit of knowledge is uh, often dangerous, huh? Sometimes I'll hear people who uh, don't know our Lord or don't love our Lord who will talk about the harshness of the Old Testament, and that's when I know they have a little bit of knowledge. Listen to the tender excitement of our God in that first reading. The joy of what? One day, this will work, yeah? One day, this relationship between us and God will work. And God's sheer poetic joy in that really gets my heart. So as I told you at the beginning, I, I was with about 50 just ridiculously beautiful priests this weekend, or this week, and I did all their talks and prayed with them and talked to them, and it was so beautiful. There was a point um, where I was sitting down and one of the priests came and he said, hey, we were ordained the same year. And then he started listing my classmates and hang in there, this starts bad. Uh, but he was like, well, what about so-and-so? Nope, nope, you know, and in the end, it's just me. I'm the only one left. And so then I said to him, well, didn't you go to Semwith? Yeah, hey, how's he doing? Yeah, he's not a priest, you know. And then I realized he was the only one left in his class. And then it kind of led to this thing a bunch of us were standing there and more of our brothers had left or died than not. And it made me sad, right? Uh, and to be clear, none of the guys in my group did anything immoral or sinful. It was just too much for them. But I confess, I really started to get a little bit sad, you know? I started thinking, gosh darn, you know? If I'm the one who's left, what happened, right? Um, but in the end, I think the Lord really started something, and I couldn't believe it when I saw these readings this morning. I, I realized the Lord's going to get it done because he doesn't know how to not get it done. And I, I know that sounds trite, but when it turns out this isn't the end of the story, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. You get me? And I think where I get in trouble, at least, is, is the mistake that the disciples make in the gospel fairly consistently and that everyone makes about Jesus. Namely, well, how's he going to do this? Well, by crushing evil. Not, not what Jesus, not in the way we think. Was Jesus the Messiah? Yes. Well, then why did Jesus rebuke Peter and say, don't tell anybody? Because we don't get it. We hear Messiah and we think, good, put those jerks to death and save us. And what is his answer? Oh, I'll die for those jerks. And by the way, we're one of those jerks. God doesn't get victory through human means of power. Human means of power crush people. God's means of exercising power is to become tiny, to become breakable, to become a victim. So for us who sometimes catch ourselves fretting about the future of the church, 
I invite us as we consume Jesus today to remember how insane that is and to remember that a God who will do that will do anything to save us. He just won't do it like we would. And that's a good thing. May our God fill us with deep faith, not in our efforts, because those are cute but not super helpful, but in his divine effort moving through us, which changes the way we act and even the way we see things. Amen? Amen. Okay.